Welcome to Dreams Recycle Podcast, where we talk to people who have recycled their life after divorce. Today, I have Anne Skinner with us, who is an empowerment coach and speaker. We're going to be talking to her a little bit about um, how she recycled her life after divorce, I believe, uh, with three children. Is that right, Anne? Yes. Yes. Three is good. I have three too. Three's, three was my limit though. I'm like, okay, three is good. Like they push you over the cliff. Somebody told me when I was having my third one, two is good because you're like one-on-one, but the third one, you're just overwhelmed and outnumbered and uh, actually think it's kind of true. I agree. I always say you only have two hands. Yeah, so that's a good point too. It's another challenge there when you've got, uh, yeah, especially if they're close together. Yeah. So, um, so what did you, were you a stay-at-home mom or were you in the corporate world? What did you do before you got divorced? Before my divorce, I was number one in the nation with a skincare and makeup network marketing company. I had just reached that level where I was the tipping point of financial and, you know, that exciting mm-hmm. time. I had been, um, I had gotten several awards, but Very cool. know, life, life needed to change. And um, so we'll tell more about that in a few minutes. But yeah, I was number one of the nation. So I was home with my kids during the day. They helped me mm-hmm. bag up products and I did um, home parties at night as well as trained and built other leaders in the company. Very cool. And I mean, network marketing is a billion, well, multi-billion dollar industry, isn't it? It's very popular amongst stay-at-home moms. It's all, not all stay-at-home moms, but popular amongst people who want a second income. I think if it works for you, it's a good thing. I don't know. I've never done it before, but I'm sure it works for some people. So you well, go ahead. I was going to say, I was lucky back then. There weren't as many companies. We're talking back in 1992 when I left. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was all local. It wasn't all this internet stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I've been to very many, well, I don't know which one you'd have to tell me, but I remember going to many Tupperware and Pampered Chef parties when my kids were younger. Yeah, and I loved it. I think that that fulfilled my need to help other people find their very best life and the, mm-hmm. their very best selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, as we'll go into, that helped me create who I authentically was. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, isn't it interesting? So, I was telling somebody a story the other day about me about how um, when you go through life, you might do things that you're not particularly like impressed with, or you have to do them through duty or you do them because it fits me at the time. And quite often these, these kind of experiences we have later on when we come back, they come back, um, in a different form. So I was telling somebody that I have a degree in history. I hated history. I don't know why I have a degree in it, (laughs) but the one thing it did teach me is to write. And so, you know, 20 years later, when I'm asked, was asked to write for Huffington Post and Thrive and all these other places and become an author and write this book, um, I was like, oh, it did actually count for something, right? It was a good skill that I learned. I didn't know exactly how I would learn it. And I'm sure for you, when you were um, staying, staying at home and having your network uh, marketing business, that a lot of those traits that you uh, were picking up, you've come to reuse in a different way later on. Yes, definitely. It really is this thing that I went back to to find my authentic self again after 25 years of being divorced. Wow. 
Okay, so so tell me what you did. How did you find yourself after divorce? As you said, you know, you've got to get to that place. So what are some of the practical steps people can do and how did you do it? Well, if I can share a tiny bit, what I did is I, sh I moved across country. That's why I'm not in that company anymore. So I had my passion. I had that perfect life, I thought, but I, unfortunately, I didn't have that perfect marriage. Sometimes we grow apart and things change. So okay. six months later, um, I packed up, I came on vacation to Florida from Michigan. Mm -hmm. I bought a home. I walked away from my business because there was no internet to use. Um, right. there, were, there weren't cell phones. There was no opportunity to bring that along and support myself and three children. Mm -hmm. We crossed country and I had to start over. Right. But I needed a quick, a quick um, income because my business dwindled quickly being so far away. Shipping was expensive. You know, right. life, was, life was different in 1993, let's right. say. Right. Yeah. So my journey to now of recreating and, and finding my authentic self has been I held on to pieces. But along the way, I had to find a way to support my family. And my thought was, well, okay, so let's go out and find some money. Let's go out and find a job. And, and I was blessed to take my skills from network marketing and from and that mm -hmm. business and being a leader to create my resume the right way so people would allow me in the door. And uh -huh. I, I was blessed all along my path the last 25 years to go from advertising into healthcare as a director of um, rehab. Uh -huh. So I was doing sales, marketing, and business development for the last 25 years. And I was all the way to vice president of a pharmacy um, wow. in the nursing home industry. And I wasn't allowed... I could be myself at moments, but I couldn't live in my authentic life, in my authentic self. And there was something missing. Uh, my children have grown, and of course, they've moved away. There, I do have three, a son and two daughters. Uh, mm -hmm. They're in their 30s. They've all, um, they're all married. Oh. Um, two have children, so I have three granddaughters from three months to six years old. And I have two grandpuppies at the one daughter who has <laughs> children yet. <laughs> um, so the I, what I'm trying to relay here is I had to walk some steps like you did your history mm -hmm. you know, degree I had to walk some steps these last 25 years some that were so fulfilling and some that were not as fulfilling but they paid the bills right so that yeah, I so ultimately as a single parent you have to do what you have to do right right and and my thing was I was holding on to let me be the parent I wanted to be mm -hmm. let me be available for my children mm -hmm. uh, I've learned so many lessons now that what I do is I help others look at those and say well let's skip that 10 years where Anne did this this and this let me help you know learn from me and and don't don't, uh, you know, take that one job that you didn't make as much money, but you had more power in. Mm. Uh, the title means nothing, those kind of things. Um, so along the way, I always made sure that I had the time freedom for my kids. Right. And I spoke into them. Mm. And from the divorce, what I really learned was to be able to show them that I could stand up to anything that came my way. 
but I could still be their mom. I could still be loving to them and kind. And sometimes they went to work with me. We all know that that happens. Uh, yeah. you know. No, it is. It's difficult. I mean, that's one of the things I hear from a lot of women who contact us because they were in a similar, you know, similar situation to me and you that you are you're trying to do it all and you know we all know we can't do it all and do it all perfectly <laughs> right and right. there's a lot of kind of guilt and shame that goes with that too that we feel like we're never quite good enough for anything when we're trying to do everything but well you're right and sometimes when we leave they send us off our mm -hmm. spouse we allow them to send us off feeling unworthy, not good enough, mm -hmm. you know, not, not up for the task, or they try to remind us that we can't raise those kids, or we can't make it on our own. And what I found was one of, one of the mistakes I made was believing it, right. and then going out there and feeling like I wasn't worthy enough to go for that bigger job, or worthy enough to go for the bigger opportunities along the way and I had to um, what helped me the most was really learning to look at each experience and each journey along my crooked path each destination that I'd land at and then I'd end up going another way mm -hmm. and, and see what lesson did I learn right you know as much as there were times I was very angry I was, uh, you know, about all that. I could look in my children's eyes and say, you know, if I hadn't married that person, I wouldn't have these children. Maybe I'd have others. But, <laughs> yeah. So learning to look at whatever happens and, and find the gift in it. Really right, which is a good, yeah, which is a, I mean, it's a life trait that we should all try and do, but it especially comes to play after any kind of adversity, including divorce. We, we need that kind of, you know, try and find the good in things and the silver lining and what did you learn from this? For two reasons. One, it makes you a happier, healthier person as you go along your journey. And two, it makes you, um, I think, appreciate maybe the not good times and the good times and right and, yeah as they they say you'd, you'll never know you'd never know what happiness was if you hadn't had sadness you yeah. wouldn't know dark without light so it's it's really important to look at it in, in that way and man it saves a lot of misery too i have to say yeah <laughs> no that's true and i think i think it is it's very difficult we are you know we're torn it's like we cut we get out of these long-term marriages and maybe we were a stay-at-home parent or maybe we um you know had kind of sidelined our career or done things we didn't really want to do because in the family dynamic that's what works right and when you come out you you have to really weigh up the pros and cons of um whether you'd rather struggle for a few years to do something better and bigger and greater and it be a harder road or you settle for doing something that maybe you don't want just because it's security it's a minimum wage or close to a minimum wage just because you uh you know that's the situation you're in and i think for a lot of people that's a really hard decision on what path you choose because really once you choose one path it's very difficult to cross over to the other path <laughs> that you're on and um i talk to a lot of women and i think that this is true about women in business generally i uh i think that we don't necessarily dream big enough 
right? We have, we have self-limiting beliefs that we impose on ourselves. Like maybe this is all I can do is this, 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 and that's okay. It doesn't make us happy. But like you said, if you, especially if you come out of a marriage where somebody has constantly told you that you're not good enough or you won't make it or whatever, and you've started to buy into that too, it's such an unhealthy cycle that we really have to work on ourselves to get out of before we make a career decision or life decision. Because if you go work for a 40 hour minimum wage job, when are you going to find a better job or a new career? Right. Well, and I want to add to that though. Um, I, I was taught that same sentiment, you know, find a path and stay on it. And I can't tell you since I got divorced how many times I've recreated myself and how many times I've switched sides when it came to a career or a job, mm -hmm. but I had to be creative and, and really look, um, look into who I was and what I had brought to that job to be able to express it the right way to open a different door. Right. And sometimes um, I, I was blessed enough to find some mentors and coaches along the way. And um, Wayne Dyer, I actually found a church when I was going through my divorce, the one mm -hmm. that he talks about starting at. So oh. I had some of those thought leaders, Marianne Williamson was the pastor there. And so during that time of change, mm -hmm. I was built strong enough and, and some little tidbits stayed in the back of my head. But I've, I did I even did some crazy things just because I had to pay the bills. Right. I went and did what I had to do. But what I would say now is here I am back at who I am and mm -hmm. who I, I was meant to be. So don't give up on your dreams. Mm -hmm. They are ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Be reflective, really review and, and look at the things that when you speak of them or you think of them, you, you get sad or you get angry or you get lonely and really look into them and see what gift they give. Mm -hmm. That yeah, helps your blood. Right. To release the emotion and know that you're on the right path, but be open to a new door. We all, mm -hmm. especially I, as I reflected for your show, I re I remembered, you know, I, I lived probably 20 years or 15 of those years on fight or flight right and when you've got those blinders on you don't see the great doors that get opened for you along the way you just mm -hmm. go through and get home and pay the bills and you know let the boss beat you or whatever's going on um, but we have to stop and make sure even in the worst times stop reflect review and then find okay how can I go to where I want to go and it could be baby steps for 10 years but letting go of it means you're never going to get there so mm -hmm. it's that your children as a reminder if you have children they're watching you at all times so however you grow whether it's through um, anger and resentment and taking it out on the whole world or you grow through love and affection and empathy towards the world in yourself these your children are seeing that and that's who they're going to be. And at right. this time in our world, we need our children to be strong and healthy and love themselves and be able to be on their own because mm -hmm. that's I think, what's happened to a lot of us. We ended up with people that were half, they were half people. We don't need right. someone to complete us. We need to be complete and find someone that compliments us.
Well, this is true. And this is one of my biggest arguments. Like I have a very big pet peeve about when people say, you know, these children are a product of divorce or these children, you know, this is what you're doing to these children when you get divorced. I mean, it just presses every button I have because I feel it's so wrong on so many levels. And um, as you pointed out, modeling, you know, unhealthy behavior, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's after a marriage, is actually what your children are a product of. It's not the fact that you get divorced and you choose to be happy and you do positive things and have positive relationships with other people or you start like I did a, a new company, like you did a coaching business. This is, this is all positive things that come out of divorce for the children who are in that, those families. And I, I can't say this enough to enough people that it's all in the way you handle it. The more positive your divorce, the more positive your children will be, the better they'll be. And, and the divorce, ironically, may be the best thing that's happened to those children. Right. And, and I want to share, too, though, along with all the positivity, which we do need because we not only need it for our children, we need it for ourselves as well. Um, we also need to let them see us cry. Right. We also need to let them know we're sad. We, let, we need to let them know that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry and help, again, model how to deal with those emotions, not put walls up. Right. Yeah, yeah, dealing with change. I mean, it's something that we don't teach in schools, right? We don't teach you in college. There's no course that is like, how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with change? Yeah, every single one of us on this planet at some time in their life will deal with adversity, whether it's job loss, career change, relationship um, breaking down, failed marriages, which don't even like that term, uh, illness, sickness. I mean, accidents. We don't have as much control over our lives as we think we can we do you know we can have this great plan that we're going to marry this person live in this great house have 2.4 children and the dog have these great careers and nothing will happen but that's just an unrealistic uh notion and i think that the more people like you said it's not the adversity is the coping with it and letting people know it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel lost. But what isn't okay is that you then become a petrol victim of whatever that adversity was. Right. So, you know, you have to pick yourself up and make the best of any situation you unfortunately are left in or find yourself in because we all are, only have one life and we may as well by choice make it the best life we can. Right. And, and that's it. We've got to understand that we can use those as tools to go further in our life. But if we don't use those emotions and we build up walls, we're going to keep getting the same message. It's true what they say. You know, if you don't deal with it now, it's going to come back to get you. Yeah. And it's true. It just cycles through until we find that. And, you know, there, I, I heard something the other day and I, I thought about this show and um, how true it is they say that you know that the crack we all have cracks right and the cracks are what let the light through mm -hmm. so sometimes yeah, I we, love that. that's such a lovely quote yes so if you think about it we all have little cracks and if little lights getting in mm -hmm. yeah we might notice it but we might try and plug it i mean i've always tried to plug those holes in my walls for years in the past yeah. so if we sometimes the diversity comes to break that open so the light can get in so we can see what's what it is that's holding us back what it is that's you know um 
not working in our life because some of us, and I am guilty of it as much as anybody else, sometimes barrel through the pain and don't look at it to see what it's trying to tell me. Right. Now I've, I've made it all my friend. I might not like my friend of anger or my friend of adversity, but I've, I've realized that if I stop and accept it and acknowledge it, it'll give me a gift if I just take the time to reflect into it and see what's there. You so know, what, would you, what would you say are the biggest things you learn about recycling your life, as you said, over and over again in the last 20 years since your divorce? You haven't done it once. You've done it multiple times. So, so what do we have to channel or what do we have to work on to be able to be somebody like you, somebody like me who, who manages to do this? Because it's definitely one of the things I get asked about the most. You know, my challenge was I had, I'd have the courage to step forward to do what I wanted, mm -hmm. but then I was always too afraid to keep going when the money got a little low or, mm -hmm. you know, I had like my own little, we call them um, in, in the coaching I do, a terror barrier, you know, like a, a lid. I had so far I could go, but that was, you know, there's a, a lid I'd hit and go, oh no, I can't go any further. Shoot, mm -hmm. it didn't work again. So having to learn to face what it is that stops you and holds you back right. and then look at it and see how can I work my way through this? How can I break through? Um, and again, looking at having a real vision of what you want your life to look like. And that right. could be 5, 10, 20 years down the road. But if you don't start today and know what you're going for, you're going to be on a road that leads to nowhere because you're going nowhere. You haven't planned. Mm -hmm. So if you get very, um, you know, very clear on what it is that you really want in your life for yourself and your family now and in the future, and then work a little backwards, where am I at? What would I need to do to get there? And then all of a sudden, what's holding you back is the big list. Right. You know, what is that? And then working through that with yourself and somebody else or a thinking partner or a coach or whatever it is you need. Mm -hmm. I, um, I actually spoke at a, a kind of conference a few years ago, and there were a lot of manifestors at the conference. And before I actually went there, I didn't actually know what this was. And, um, and, and I remember listening to them being like, yeah, I don't know about this. This all sounds a little bit weird and flaky. And that was my first reaction. And, um, and then the more I kind of started thinking about it and, and I read a few books during that time, it was like a kind of a year. It was in the course of this year. I kind of took for myself to find myself to really figure out, as you said, what I wanted in life, what I didn't want, what my, what I wanted my end goals to be and my life to be. Um, I'd already started Dreams Recycled. Uh, my personal life was all over the place. My dating <laughs> life was not good. Uh, and I actually did. I took some time and I kind of did exactly what you said. And I found it very, very helpful. And that kind of culminated that I broke down and I did do a vision board. Um, like <laughs> one on my phone, it's called uh, Hay House. For people who don't like to cut things and take them and plaster them everywhere, you can do it on your phone. Right. Um, and I did a little visual board on my phone and this was about a year ago and I'm not even kidding you. There are probably 14 things of the, on there and I think 10 out of the 14 in the year since I did it have come to be true. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, before my divorce, um, mm-hmm. I told you I was going to that church. Well, I took this class about your dreams and all that. And, mm-hmm. and I, that was my first, I'd heard about manifesting, but I had never, you know, gone through that either. And we did a vision board and I drew out my life and I drew out this house I wanted. Aww, yeah. And three years later, here mm-hmm. I was living in Florida, I came across the book and I was, and, and this was like six months before my divorce when I was really in that grief and really, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the fight. And so I pulled the book out and I'm reading it and I was living in the house I said I wanted to live in. The only thing it didn't have when I moved in were palm trees. I put them in, not, <laughs> find it, not finding yeah. the book. I just did yeah. it when I got here. Yeah. It had a, a sunken tub, but no jacuzzi jets. So I put those in without looking at this book. Yeah. One thing that was hilarious, they say you've got to be careful what you ask for and be very specific because the universe takes you literally. God, whatever you want to call it, yeah. takes you literally. Well, I had written I wanted to live on the West Coast. So in my head, mm-hmm. I wanted to live in California. Well, I, I, live on, yeah. I live on the west coast of Florida. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, it, it, it works. It works. And when I get away from it, I notice that, you know, the same thing. It, it's like I'm, I get away from it and then I'm manifesting stuff, but I'm not manifesting anything that I really wanted long term, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know? No, it does make sense because I think you have to have a continuous thought process, right? The, the, the big things in life that you actually want to do and want to accomplish, you, you just keep that kind of on, for lack of a better description, you're manifesting it on the back burner, right? right? You know it's there constantly. It's not something that you're flaky about that comes and goes and comes and goes. That's what you really want. I mean, actually, my podcast is one of the things that was on the uh, vision board. And, and it seemed, I mean, obviously everyone has podcasts now. It's not that big a deal, but, but um, I kind of like, I couldn't figure it all out. Like I'm not for a woman in tech and somebody with my own tech company. I'm not personally <laughs> very tech savvy. And, uh, and I, I had a lovely young man on LinkedIn contact me. And he asked me to be on his podcast. And at the end of the podcast, he said, you should do a podcast. And I go, I've been trying to do a podcast for like a year. I can't figure it out. Technically, it's a mess. <laughs> and within like three days, he had done it for me. Oh, awesome. thank you, Brandon. <laughs> hey, there you go. You brought in exactly what you wanted. Yeah. And, and what's really important about this concept of manifesting mm-hmm. is people have to understand, you mentioned victim earlier. So we can manifest being a victim if we want to live in it. And believe me, I've been there. Believe I, I, yeah. And the most I still catch myself there. So mm-hmm. we have to catch ourselves manifesting what we want or we're going to manifest who we are. And if we're angry and bitter and depressed and all that, it's not that I say, forget about it. Let's just be happy. That's not how it happens you know, go into it and deal with it. Don't stay there. Don't, you know, don't put up camp and live there forever. Go in and out of the process and you learn that that life will bring you the good things as long as you know they're out there even when you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. So, well, and um, I think I think I was really guilty of this. I don't know if you've read my book, but My Dreams Recycled is available on Amazon, of course. Um, I talk about that. Like at the beginning, I really was like professional victim. I really was self-admitted and and I think yeah and I think that what um what I learned through the course of uh, you know my journey to dreams recycled my company and also in my personal life 
is that as you kind of said about the, you know, divorce and having the bad days, it's not that you can't have a bad day. It's not what it is though, is if you have a bad day, you realize that the next day will be good and you choose right. to make that good. I mean, we all have, you know, other external things that happen into our lives that we really don't have a lot of effect on that. I mean, a lot of say over that do affect us. And, um, and I think that was one of the biggest things that, I realized that it's okay for the world not to be perfect. It's okay for every day not to be perfect. But if I still am waking up every day and choosing to try and make every day perfect, then when, you know, not so great things happen to us, we, you know, cry for the few hours, we go to sleep, whatever, but we wake up and it's a new day and we choose to put on our big girl panties and choose to be happy and we make everything better like that. And, uh, and I think that's really, really a strong message that we need to get out there more. And that, and that's a, a reason why you often hear people saying, you know, end your day with gratitude. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if you had the best day in the, in the, you know, ever or the worst day ever. If you can end your day and begin your morning or one or the other, typically going to sleep on three good things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you, you know, you had the worst day ever today, but for me, I still had three great kids. So I had three really good things to be grateful for. Well, um, yeah. And I, I mean, and you look around yourself like today, every day, um, we're recording this the day after the horrible bombings in Manchester. I mean, you just thank God for our friends and families who are safe and healthy and our health and, you know, the things that unfortunately until horrible atrocities like that happen, that we kind of just take for granted, don't we? We're all kind right. of a little bit guilty of that, and that's horrible. So, Well, and, and you know, I'm so grateful you brought that up because we all want to recognize them today and, and how, you know, we all have to come together and raise a better world. And it all starts with ourselves, and it starts at home. And it's, um, you know, it's really difficult sometimes to – to understand that what's happened there could happen in any of our countries, in any of our backyards, in any of our, our malls, mm -hmm. our concerts, any of that, until, you know, until we take control of where we're at and then we start sending out that goodness from right. ourselves to others, these things are going to continue to come back. And, you know, it's a terrible thing to think of, but is, isn't this a big enough sign by now to know that, you know, it, our families matter, our, our loved ones matter, our world matters. It's you know, a big, no, big, it big does. It does. It. it really does. And, and I'm trying on a personal level to get better at this as I think well, we, we all are. Right? Yeah. Well, we all are. And, and I want to say that, um, I, cause that was on my mind all morning too, as I prepared for your, for your show, it's now more than ever in, a, in history where, We've, especially divorced people, because we can get stuck. And I'll admit, I, I was there too long as a victim or nobody comes to help me or, oh, I have to work so hard and all those things. But now more than ever, we have to be stronger people. We mm -hmm. have to find our own values and morals and ethics and, and really live them and express them to our kids and everything. Mm -hmm. So at this point, more than when it happened to me, I think that people who, people are with the technology, Right. We're more alone than we've ever been alone. And when right, you get it's divorced, definitely a different world. Yeah, it definitely is. Alone is the worst place to be when you're mm -hmm. hurt and you're healing and all those things. So we really need to surround ourselves with good people and we need to work on ourselves so that we can 
we can all put out something better so that our world does become better because it does start at home. It really does. And I, I, and um, I'm actually started this morning writing one of my new blogs. It's um, entitled why our exes love to be victims. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I was talking about this with a lot of people on and off in my uh, Facebook group, join us or dreams recycled on our Facebook page. We're everywhere. If you can't find us, join our community. Um, but we were talking about that. I mean, once you make that decision to kind of be a victim of divorce and a professional uh, victim kind of almost right it really does impact everyone negatively your ex-spouse your family your children it's just such a horrible path to go down and then they get stuck there right right and um and i think it goes into kind of what you were saying before that we all have a personal responsibility to to be the best kind of person that we can be and to not inflict our drama and our victim mentality on those around us. And I, I highly suggest if you feel like you fall into this category, seek some kind of help. You know, there are life coaches, there are divorce coaches, there are therapists, psychiatrists. This is not a way to live. Like, as Anne said, your children see this, people around you see it, your co-workers have to deal with this. Nobody wants to be around somebody who is a professional victim. Right, right. And, it, and the other challenge that comes with it, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy being positive, even if you're getting that help. And that is, that is the key thing, is getting someone to help you that can help you navigate and help you understand what that, what's not only going on in you, the worst part of divorce is we have to figure out what's going on in that other person who's going to take our kids for a while. Right. Um, and sometimes we have to, we can come out of being a victim and we're still dealing with a victim showing up at our house to pick up our children and sending our kids back with some of their victim, you know, things. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is, it's, it's really important to get that support and that help. And, and then if you, the first thought that'll probably come to your mind, cause it always did mine. I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you, I lost some years there while I was in that place of victim and I can't afford to get out of it. You can't afford not to, you right. can't afford not to seek the help. You know what? Maybe you can't afford a coach or a, a therapist every week, but maybe one a month and then find a, mm -hmm. a, you know, do some authentic journaling or a program or something to keep you going in the midst of it all. You know, start your mm -hmm. own journal and start looking for those gratitude things. But you can't afford to not just start today. If you haven't started, you can't afford not to start today because yeah. life goes too quickly. Well, life does go too quickly. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there is no excuse not to get help in today's society. There are free resources. We have some of them on Dreams Recycled. There are reasonably priced, you know, everyone in all categories. There are support groups where they're totally free that you can go to on meetups or all over the place, actually, um, with your local church or local organization. If you're struggling, there is a way to get help. And I mean, even I, if, as I said, if you read my book, I did my entire everything by myself. You know, we have the World Wide Web. You can, if you can read, you can get on there and you can find a ridiculous amount of great information. Right. And at least set you on the right path to get to a place where you can seek help and find it in your area or online or whatever suits you. But um, definitely 
go find somebody. Yeah, and you know, something else I want to share about that is you want to make sure because I, I, you know, I did that and like you, I didn't have the internet either. You know, we went through this It's like, you had to really seek out and you know, sometimes they were private little meeting groups and some back, you know, back door of the church or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now there's so much opportunity. If you go to one, and everybody's sitting around being a victim, Oh yes. Find a new one, you know, yeah. um, if you don't feel they're your people. Mm-hmm. And, and then for those that were like me, that's, you know, I made it to this executive level and everybody, everybody thought I had my whole life together, my whole life. And so many times I, 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 I say it, um, I walk in the door and I'm a puddle on the floor, but I'm out there in the world and everybody thinks, Oh, look at her. She's all put together. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're embarrassed. You don't want somebody to know. So you won't go get help. Well, not only go get help, but make sure you find your own tribe. Right. You know, don't well, stay not- a group that doesn't feel good to you. Keep looking. They're out there. Mm-hmm. No, and it is. And I mean, I think that's why Dreams Recycled is so successful because people understand that we're the positive tribe. If you want positivity, right. upbeat help, um, resources that focus on the positive, community members who are like minded who also want to work, focus on the positive, then obviously come check us out at Dreams Recycled. Oh, definitely. Yes. And what a big help that you are to everybody with your podcasts and everything else. And, you know, I I have to bring up another reminder. Your family is going to, at times, parents, brothers, sisters, they don't understand what you're going through. They try to, they want to. And sometimes their empathy will come across as trying to make you and keep you a victim. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a difference between, um, helpful sympathy and an unhelpful sympathy or empathy. And right. I, I think that's right. I was, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, really, unfortunately, unless you have been divorced and you have children, you don't understand how devastating it can be. I don't believe. Right. And, uh, and as, and as much as our family members and friends really want to help us or be there, the way, the way they try and be there is not always helpful. And the things they say is not helpful. And so, as you pointed out, definitely find your own tribe, find like-minded people, find other divorcees. If nothing else, you're going to need people to go out with and do things with. And, right. you know, if you're not ready for dating and you want to um, go to a movie or whatever, there's other divorcees out there who are in the same boat who probably want to see that movie too. So... So find them. And, you know, they say you are, you are the reflection of the five people closest to you. Mm-hmm. So really stop and reflect on, you know, sometimes when we leave a marriage, we lose all our friends. Sometimes yeah. we keep yeah. them and, and they aren't people we should have kept. Yeah. Um, so it, it's real important to have that, that close group or tribe around you that, you know, mm-hmm. you share with, but don't share with the world. Because some of the things they're going to share with you aren't going to be in your best interest. They don't mean to. I'm not saying people are trying to do things to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's really important to choose wisely who you share your story with while you're going through this um, and find those right people and those right places and, and things like Dreams Recycled. Right. No, and that's that's all good advice. And I uh, thank you very much for joining us today. This is Anne Skinner who is an empowerment coach and speaker. Um, Anne, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? 
Sure, sure. I've got a website called AnnSkinnerEmpowerment.com, and it's Ann with an E, A-N-N-E, SkinnerEmpowerment.com. I have actually set up an email for this group only at any point when they listen to your podcast. It's called Empowered Life Reset at gmail.com, empoweredliferreset at gmail.com. And I'm going to be doing a free one and a half hour phone call on dreams, goals, and vision just for this org, this group on June 11th of 2017. It's 61117, the three numbers of the angels as I call it. Um, I'd love to have you all join me there. It's a free call. It's on empowering yourselves and, and really taking a look at what you're looking forward to. And you can reach out to me at any time. I'd be happy to help you out. And, and Tiffany, I'm so grateful, so grateful that you've asked me to be here today. And Yeah, no, we were, we were thrilled to have you. And thank you very much for doing that for our listeners and our website users and i will actually put all your contact information it'll be on dreams recycled um under the under the podcast section and so people can click through onto the links to find you anywhere and we'll get that up as soon as we can so thank you very much for joining us Anne, and thank you to all our listeners at dreams recycled and we will be back next week with another story of life's recycled great thank you